0: welcome to the ceo of destiny podcast where you will find the tools to fulfill the purpose of your generation and wildly succeed in the marketplace and now your host andre
1: j benjamin so that that drove you through the obstacles of getting, what What did you see in, in terms of other people and what they were doing and the mistakes they had made in jumping too soon, jumping ship too soon? Because a lot of people, I hate my nine to five. I, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. What would you say to that person who hates the nine to five? And they feel like this idea that you said that you're working till 2 a.m. in the morning on, they're saying, man, this is what I really want to do full time, but it's not paying any bills right now.
0: Well, if it's not paying any bills, it's probably not worth value to somebody else.
1: That's good. Right? I
0: mean, that's always, I, I I really try to discourage founders from raising a lot of money to replace the income that they have so they can go work on their project. The customer should pay you for the work on your project, right?
1: You just said something very profound that knocks a lot of stuff back. Yep. Because that's kind of the popular sentiment is I know. At other people's money and let this kind of, this inflated v- valuation arise. And you imagine that at some point it's going to pay back, but you actually don't have the proof or you don't have the evidence that it is a valuable, uh, you know, that what you're offering that it has actual value.
0: Yeah. You're creating yourself a job called entrepreneur with somebody else's money. Right. Yeah. But not the customer's money. The customer should say, I want your product. Now, if you're going to go try to go build yourself a Twitter where you're, probably never going to be profitable that's a whole different play but but that's the unicorn right Yes. and those unicorns are really hard and i get it's like trying to buy a lottery ticket i don't buy lottery tickets right a lot of successful people don't buy lottery tickets because the odds don't work no i have a much higher success rate of finding a problem that a lot of people face and solving it for them for a fee
1: so I I love this term that I heard people say it resonated with me many years ago, but they say put your own bread up, put your own money up. What tell us a little bit about that and how much you put up of your own?
0: (laughs) I put up my only $54, man. I was broke as a joke. Are you kidding me? I put up my time, right? I put up, I, I worked for almost three years with no income from this stream. It was just, you know, we'd make a little money. All right. We got to buy a computer. We make a little money. Let's buy a desk, right? Make a little money. And oh my gosh, we can rent a little office space and hire somebody. And, and it was just this incremental of, you know, for the first three years, we're not going to touch that income and I'm going to work it right. I'm going to, I'm going to put it right back into the business. We're going to keep building it. And so I started with $54. And the reality is, is I tried to raise money. Back then, man, people were like, I don't understand what this internet thing means. I don't know. I think it's just a fad. What year is this a bunch this? of nerds, you know. What year is this, uh, by the
1: way? 99, 2000,
0: and that. Yeah, so really you're amazing.
1: right before everything's about to pop anyway. That's right. That's a, right. You know, they're they're buying, you know, dog.com for the $50,000 <laughs> valuation, right? It's, That's it's right. At that time. So uh it's so new. You have this opportunity, you're put you're incrementally growing. What are some of the biggest obstacles you faced? That you see a lot of people facing now, and how did you navigate through that? I know you talked about the time. I know you looked at the why was it why was it important to you? Yes, I know you try to you know raise outside funds, but once you actually start gaining momentum with your own funds, your own bread that you put up, what what did you see as the importance of maintaining the kind of like the integrity or the strength of the business the way that you were forming it versus kind of you know there's the opportunity to to dilute what you what you set out to do. Can you talk a little bit about that?
0: Well, money changes everything. (laughs) Right? Root of all evil. And I get it. Because uh twice in my career I got very seduced by the money.
1: Yeah. And
0: you know uh, the first window was wow, we're able to pay everybody and we're able to make a little money. Like this is amazing. And I get to do what I love, let's make more money. Oh, but we're not going to be able to do what we love. That's okay. That's okay. Just make more money. Let's let's make as much money as we can, right? And then what happens is I started coming to the office and I didn't know who I was. Wow. Let alone what we were as a collective. And it was, I saw the writing on the wall that if I don't like coming here, I bet other people don't like coming here. Right. And it was all about making money. Wow. And so we had to really go back to our core values and and define them. And I ask people this all the time when they're, they, I get hired by lots of um, large companies to come in and help them with their culture. And they, and the C-suite is so proud to show me on the wall. Like, see, these are our core values, man. We, we live and die by these. I was like, you do? Oh, we love these core values. I'm like, great. But at lunch, I go sit with the line guys, right? The folks who actually do the hard work. And I'm like, hey, tell me about the core values. And and you're going to hear one of two things almost every time. One guy will go, oh, you mean the, those things on the wall? Yeah. Okay. So it's just things on the wall. What's the other people go? Oh, you mean like the quality, you know, quality? Yeah. They, they care about quality unless the truck is about to leave. Then they're like, get it on the truck. It's
1: so real.
0: And so I always ask people, are your core values real or are they fake? And I even got rid of the word aspirational, right? Aspirational are not real, right? They're hopefuls. They're not yeah. real. So if integrity and honesty are, are part of your core values, well, when you go to the bathroom and you're not at your desk, somebody should say, oh, he's in the bathroom taking a dump. Yeah. Right. Because that's honest. But if yeah. you say oh he's tied up in a meeting right now you've just told somebody to lie for you. Yeah. So then are you really honest and have integrity? Instead if you are like hey we will, we're pathological liars. Well, you will hire the best pathological liars in the business, sure. right? So just be honest with who you are. We didn't know who we were, Andre. I coming to work every day, we were just trying to make as much money as possible. And I realized man this is not the way we grow. We we're, we're we're trading our integrity, our souls, our who we are just to make some green. And there's gotta be a better way. And the better way was here's who we're gonna be. And if customers don't like it, they're not our customers. If vendors don't like it, they're not our vendors, right? You're very- we pave our own way.
1: You're very candid in your book about that, uh, firing customers basically and ha- having the right team around you. So go back a little bit to how did you formulate the right team? How did you start to pick people, the, the power of tribes? How did you even know who you're going to get to go with you on this journey of launching digital tutors. And even how you came up with the name, digital tutors. What how did, how did. <laughs>
0: Totally by accident. Right. We were like, we want to be tutors for visual effects artists, but we don't want to be in person. So we'll be digital. So we just call it that digital tutors. Uh-huh. Right. It's it just stuck. It's yeah. <laughs> it stuck. Um, you know, the team was ragtag and, you know, uh, what are the, what are those baseball kids called? The, uh, Sandlots. I mean, we were lot. just the Sandlot kids, right? Yes. Um, I had uh, one of my great graphic designers. She was a baker with no graphic design experience, but she baked cookies with logos and people eat them or throw them away.
1: Yeah. And so
0: she wasn't so tied to her art that when I go, man, I don't really like that. It's not a, Oh my God, he hates me. He hates, he hates my work. It was, Oh, he doesn't like those pixels. Right. Yeah. Uh, the head of our uh, customer service was a flight attendant. Wow. Right. And, you know, m- some of my people had no experience in this industry. And I'm like, look, man, we're a teacher. We'll teach you how to do this work. I can't teach you to be a good person. Like that's no. what you got to show up with. So I'm a big believer in the resume may get you in the door. Most of them are lies. Most of them are, you know, fancy <laughs> BS. What I want to do is meet you can we travel a country and stop and have cheeseburgers together? Right. Can we do that? Can we get in a car and drive to LA and still be friends after? Right. And so really what I'm looking for is that person's integrity, that person's, you know, do they want to make a difference, not to the world, but just to the people they work with. Right. To me, that's the world. If I can make a difference to the people around me, I'm making a difference in my little world.
1: So you saw that if they were, if they had that core, almost this, they shared the same values as you as a person. You saw that they, you said, I can work with that. Um, the skill, Absolutely. we can skill you up. Uh, you yeah. you have a, a, you know, cause you rather than having somebody who has tremendous skills, but they're they're trash in regards to how they treat people. They don't have, uh, you know, uh, talk about um, the, the power of listening and how you use that. You deploy that in your, cause you talk about that in your book, talk about how you did that in building your team. And then you also put that in culture of saying, you know, what's the, what is listening show? What's
0: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge believer that listening is truly an act of affirmation. Wow. Right. So listening, following up, asking clarifying questions versus, yeah, but let me tell you, right. Absolutely. Listening really is an act. And I, I think it's powerful because we want to hire people who have problem solving abilities and has curiosity. I am. I am building a company that is on the bleeding, bleeding edge, along with other, my customers are on the bleeding edge. So I can't buy Google AdWords and hope to God they buy from me. I got to earn their dollar, right? Because they're my peers. And so I've got to find people who are curious enough to go, wait a minute, I see some things here that we could be in front of, and then have the problem solving ability to go, let me figure that out
1: talk a little bit more about problem solving and curiosity, because we have a lot of people that are kind of moved away from curiosity. More people are just, they want to hit their own bottom line. I want to get this job. I'm going to tell you what I need to tell you so I can get in here because I got bills to pay, or, you know, I want to be a part of this executive team and I want to get this. So I'm going to, you know, uh, my wife is in recruiting and uh, at a, she's done it for a while and she's at a global level. And she just talks to me about how when people get found out for dumb things, like, why did you lie about that? You know, and it's, it ruins, it ruins them. And, you know, kind of what's the rush to do that? And what did you find as in running a company about, Hey, I respect you. If you would just be honest with me, because there's so much more that we can do with you to help you out rather than you keeping this mask up and then you get found out. And now I, I do got to let you go. I got it. not only that, it's very disappointing. Can you, can you uh, speak to that a little?
0: Yeah, it, it starts on day one, right? So when we do those interviews, I never do them one-on-one. I always do them in a group. Love it. And I want somebody who doesn't work with me every day to sit with me, interview that person. And and we're going to split the questions. But after that person leaves, I'm like, okay, would you work with that person? Because I'm not going to have to work with them, True. right? would you work with that person and if they say yeah i think i would cool let's bring him back and let's have him interview by the whole team that works with him or her right Yep. and they're gonna know this is one of us or not versus man i got 20 spots to fill let me just hurry up and fill them because we need button clickers so we're still pretty nimble right 42 full-time 500 contractors Um, that's not real big in the, in the world of, you know, large companies. So we're pretty nimble. Every person we add adds a level of complexity, adds a level of distraction. Like it's going to, it's going to go slower before we can go faster again. And so the person I add, I got to make sure if you're the team lead and your whole team needs to sign off on, yes, we're going to take this person into our tribe. We're going to teach them the way we're not going to try to sabotage them. Right. Cause that doesn't help anybody.
1: No. What was the power of tribes in finding new talent?
0: I'm a big believer in Andre, you got any friends that would fit us? If you work for me, Hey, you got any friends that'll fit us? Right. Yeah. I trust you. I respect you more than likely. Your friend group is going to be similar to you. Bring them. Let's talk to them. Right. You know who we are. We, you know, how we roll here. If you have a friend, family member, it doesn't matter an acquaintance. I want to use the power of your network to find other great people.
1: It seems so intuitive. Now, can you can you talk about once the company is going and some of the, because you talked about in your book about the different, um, you, you had so many encounters with people, both virtually what they kind of messages they sent in and just some, also some people you ran into. Talk about the impact that you guys start making and how that almost put more put that battery in your back to say, you know, maybe on a mundane day or a day where you're feeling like, like garbage. And you're saying, you know what? No, I'm gonna keep going. Cause this is actually working because reality demands a confirmation. So talk about what was, what kind of value were you delivering with the company?
0: Yeah. Confirmation It really does define reality, right? I mean, when yeah. you're in a virtual world, you don't ever see the customer walk in the front door. You almost feel like, what, what are we doing? Like, is this ever happening? And then you get this bing little email that's like, hey, I just want to let you know I just got this new job and XYZ. i Z. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're doing it. We're doing it. I mean, I got one from from one of my old employees who's like, hey, man, I just wrapped up the new Spider-Man and uh, I got a little something for you. And I'm like, oh, man, you're melting my heart, bro. Like years later, like his life is still impacted by the little bit of work that we did, you know?
1: What what makes what is what are things that you don't tolerate? And why would you fire people?
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode. Do us a favor. If this was useful in any way for you, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Reviews will allow others to easily discover the podcast. If you'd like more information and to receive a free download, Rediscover Your Destiny, go to CEOofDestiny.com. Thanks again and tune in next time.